Good morning, everybody. I hope everybody's doing good. I appreciate Rob Ray and what he has done for us this morning, just bringing us into the uh, the presence of the Lord. And uh, just thankful for who he is. I'm so thankful that he has joined us uh, up here in Kentucky, fellow Georgians, uh, transplanted up here to Kentucky. And it's just such a an honor to have him here. And it's just an honor to be a part of this little community. Uh, when we uh, before we get started, I just want to read Psalm ninety three. Uh, if you want to turn there, you can. The Lord is King; He is robed in majesty. Indeed, the Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. Your throne, O Lord, has stood from time immemorial. You yourself are from the everlasting past. The floods have risen up, O Lord. The floods have roared like thunder. The floods have lifted their pounding waves. But mightier than the violent raging of the seas, mightier than the breakers on the shore, the Lord above is mightier than these. Your royal laws cannot be changed. Your reign, O Lord, is holy forever and ever. I just want to go to the Lord in prayer, just on the basis of this psalm for, for the state of our world right now for the state of this nation and the state of the church right now. So if you will, just uh, join me in prayer. Father, we just thank you that you are on the throne, that there is nothing that is greater than you. And so we just declare today, you are king. You are king over every situation. You are king over everything. You are king over everyone, every nation, every disease, every oppression, every spirit of darkness. You are king over all these things and all things must bow before you. So we just come this morning to declare your righteousness, your holiness, your might on the throne. And I ask, Lord, uh, through the power of the Son of God, Jesus, I pray that you stop this virus in its tracks, that you put an end uh, to the devastation that is occurring across this globe, that you flex your muscles against this thing, that it may bow to you. And I pray for your healing power to start spreading across this nation and across this world for those who are lying sick and in need of a touch from you. I pray that you will show yourself as mightier than all these things. And that as you do, Peoples will praise your name. They will run to you and worship you as you show the might of who you are and the grace and love that you have for people. I pray that people will come running to you and will lift their praises up to you. I pray you begin to empower your church with the same healing power that Jesus had when he would encounter the lepers and he could go one by one and just bring healing to them. I pray you release that upon your church right now, that your church would rise up as Rob prayed, that your church would rise up and begin to lay hands on those who are sick and they will be healed. That your church will begin to shine the light that it was called to shine. Instead of hiding under a basket, instead of squirreling away, I pray we will come forward and share who you are and bring light to this world. So we ask, Lord, that it be made apparent across this globe that you are king and that you reign forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I just want to... I'm glad to be here this morning. I'm glad to be speaking to you this morning. I'm just going to share some things that the Lord's been putting on my heart. And uh, as I was reflecting on this morning, the Lord was bringing to mind different messages and different thoughts uh, that have been spoken at dwelling over the, the past year even, uh, that we just could be made aware uh, that He's been speaking about what's coming uh, for, for quite some time now. I think about when I first got up to Wilmore, I guess uh, getting close to two years now, one of the first messages that the Lord spoke to me was Isaiah 43 about him doing a new thing. And that message has been echoed time and again by others who have felt that same unction from the Lord. And I just want to tell you today, we're there. 
We are at a new thing. Yes, there's devastation going on across this nation. Yes, there is heartbreak and sadness and sickness. And I am in no way belittling that. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why I felt led to pray for these things, because I believe God was saying it's time for the church to rise up and begin doing the spiritual warfare against this global pandemic that has claimed the headlines and has even tried to claim its place on the throne and is trying to unseat the mighty God who cannot be unthroned, who cannot be unseated. So I felt compelled to pray against this thing. And I pray that we as a church will begin to rise up and pray against this thing with through the Spirit of God with fervor and passion and consistency. Not something, not looking at a mountain that's unscalable or untouchable, but recognizing that we have authority through the Spirit of God to call down these things to take authority over them, and to shut off their power. But I also want to say, God is not impotent during this time. God is not done with his church during this time, but instead he's taking what was meant for evil. As we've seen, uh, there's that passage in Genesis 50 where it says, God, uh, what you intended for evil, God has turned to good. And what the enemy through this virus has intended for evil, God is going to turn for good. And if you want to ask, uh, and if you're listening, uh, then I guess you have to hear me. But what God is doing now through his church, is he is pushing us into a new place. He is pushing us into newness that we have not been living in. I, this is just me, and I just want to be completely transparent. I'm a little saddened by the fact that the church has no better response to the global pandemic than to transfer its services to technology. But that's we are we were not ready. We were not ready for what this world was bringing to us. And I think this is almost a warning shot from the Lord to say, I'm going to get you ready. Because the world is going to become more and more and more choppy. I don't mean more pandemics or judgments or anything like that. So don't misconstrue what I'm saying. But I believe that we are in a very real new season. And it is time for the church to start pressing in to their destiny and their identity in Christ Jesus. And so as I was uh, contemplating what uh, to speak about this morning, um, the Lord just drew me to Ecclesiastes. And if you've ever read Ecclesiastes, it's just all about how uh, the teacher had amassed all this wealth, all this great, all these great things. He just, everything he wanted, he was able to obtain. And then when he gets to the end, he just, he continues to repeat, uh, the mantra that it's vanity of vanities. It's all meaningless to him. Guys, I think the American church ought to resonate with what's going on in Ecclesiastes. That we, in a very real sense, especially if you start looking in comparison to the rest of the world, we have a lot at our disposal that much of the world does not have. We have roofs over our head. We have food to eat, food plenty to eat. We generally have our health and our security. We live in a pretty stable nation. And we've got all these great things, but they pale in comparison to living for him. And so the end of Ecclesiastes, he concludes by saying, Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. And and that's where I felt the the, the Lord was leading me to speak about today was just that place of fearing God and obeying his commands. And, and if you've been around dwelling, you've heard me talk about just the basics. I'm a very basic guy. Let's keep it simple. And so you've heard a lot of these similar themes, but I just feel like we're in a very different reality right now where these things are so much more uh, real, so much more um, right for our growth and for our advancement in him. And so I embrace, I'm trying uh, to embrace 
what He has for us right now. I'm trying to embrace what He has for me right now. Because one of the things He keeps pounding on me is, this is, at least for me, some of you have, have your worlds have amped up to a degree that I can't quite understand, uh, that, that I haven't even experienced. If you're in the healthcare field, if you're in the, uh, the, the grocery uh, field, if you're in some of these fields where you're having to tend to people's essential services and essential life services, then what you're being required to do is way beyond what you were being required to do a month ago. I understand that. But for a lot of people, their entire worlds have stopped. And in a lot of ways, just flipped upside down. And so if, if all these things have been stripped from us, if all our entertainments that we customarily turn to have been taken away from us, and now even our social relationships have been, uh, I don't want to say severed, but they've been strained and stretched out some. All these things that we have continuously relied on and turned to that have stood in the way of God have now been taken away from us what a shame it would be if we went through this season and came out the same as when when it started. If we don't come out in a different place than when we started, I believe we've missed the Lord and I believe we've missed what He was trying to do in the midst of a bad situation. If you look at the life of Joseph, you know, he Joseph didn't plan his life. Joseph's life kind of happened to him. His brother sold him into slavery. Uh, Potiphar's wife told lies on him and so that he got thrown in jail. Uh, then he ends up in prison. He has dreams and he tells the people who are in prison with him that they are supposed to go. Uh, of what the king's dreams meant, the, the, these people then went and told the, the king and we're supposed to say, hey, Joseph's the one who gave us these dreams, gave us the interpretation of these dreams, but they didn't. They just left him stranded there. And then finally, there, the Lord releases Joseph uh, through the ability to deal with the king directly. And then through all that, Joseph is put in a position of influence and power so that when famine struck Israel, Joseph was there in Egypt and had already done what the Lord had told him to do so that there was food aplenty for his family for this budding nation of Israel. Joseph was there. Life happened to him. And a lot of, in a lot of ways, many of us are sitting there thinking, life is just happening to me right now. I'm not in control of decisions that are being made. I'm not in control of where this virus is spreading. There's only so much I can do to even protect myself from this thing. When I go to the grocery store to get some of my basic needs, the shelves are completely empty. Life is just happening to so many of us right now. But when we're in situations like this, we have a duty we have an obligation, but we also have an opportunity to then say, so what's my response going to be? Am I going to just go run and hide in my little house and just wait for the storm to pass? Wait for things to get back to normal? Am I just going to hold on for dear life and say, Lord, if you'll just sustain me through this time? I just want to get back to normal. Guys, I get that. If you look at the nation of Israel again, when they were delivered from the uh, from, from Egypt and they're wandering around in the wilderness, they're having to completely rely on the Lord. And it was a tough situation for a lot of them, such to the point that many of them were looking back and say, can I just get back to Egypt? At least I understood my life there. Yes, I was a slave, but at least I understood my role, my place. I had some measure of control within those restrictions. But the Lord had something beautiful for them. He had a promised land waiting for them. So throughout their wandering, he sustained them, he fed them, he taught them, he developed them, he grew them, so that when they arrived into the promised land, they were who they were supposed to be. We're in a very similar place that God has brought us to a place that feels like a wilderness for some of us. And in this place, we're having to turn to Him to receive our nourishment, to receive direction, to receive our empowerment, knowing that on the other side of this, it's not Egypt that waits for us. 
We're on the way to the promised land. So what's on my heart, as, if, in case you haven't quite figured out, what's on my heart right now is that this is an opportune time. Yes, they're very real negative things that are going on right now. I acknowledge those. And I, I'm not sweeping them away. That's our reality. That's our life. Those are the things we pray against. That's the stuff that we stand against when the government is encouraging us that we can do our little part by staying away from each other. These are responsibilities that we can take on. But in that same sense, we have an opportunity to say, Lord, I don't have anywhere to go. I can't go out to eat at the restaurants. I can't go to the baseball games that should be playing right now. I couldn't even spend money on the bracket this year. Don't even know if summer vacations are happening. All Everything has just been pushed off to the side. And I just keep hearing the Lord saying, are you listening? Are you listening? If you look in Hebrews 12, it's 25 through 29. It says, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Guys, one of the things that I'm 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 really wrestling with uh, personally is how much do I really know this God that I'm supposed to fear with awe and reverence? Because we've got passages also in Hebrews that talks about coming boldly to the throne of grace. And we take come boldly, I do, we take come boldly to the throne of grace as come flippantly to the throne of grace. We come boldly because the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness and has bought us entrance into the throne of grace. But when we come in, there is still a very righteous and holy judge who created the entire heavens and the earth, who has the ability to shake these things, to shake mountains, to shake the earth. But we just casually stroll into his presence flippantly because we aren't recognizing the might and majesty and power of who he is. He is the king who sits enthroned forever. That's the, that's the God I want to know. That's the king I want to serve. I am so uh, accustomed to the gentle Jesus, who probably wasn't even that gentle, but to the one who has made uh, uh, our faith walk so easy. But I challenge you, I don't know that it's supposed to be as easy as we've made it. It's interesting that he talks about the, the narrow road. But I don't think we really believe him when we think that no, that road is that narrow. And so here we are in this unique time. And then, look, my kids are in school. Some of y'all know that. And so I, I read a lot of articles because suddenly school, their schooling has now shifted into our living room. And in a lot of ways, that's it's kind of fun. It's neat. It's interesting. It has its challenges for sure. Uh, but... You know, as I read these articles about how to transition from your kids being at school to all of a sudden being doing school at home, the experts say this is not just homeschool. This is not just distance learning, but this is crisis schooling. 
This is something that has not ever, that does not happen. And so we need to start recognizing that the state of the world that we are in right now is not like just your average everyday virus going around, your flu that may be going around, or earthquake or tornado. But this is something that has hit the entire globe. And every one of us has had our worlds turned upside down in one way or another. And so who is there? Who is there? For us to turn to. It's God. It is Jesus Christ. It is the Holy Spirit. And what I keep hearing from the Spirit of God is do not neglect Him during this time. Do not just even passively say, Oh yeah, I'll do a little extra praying. But I'm I wanna I want to just pound this so deep into your spirit and into my spirit that now is a time. It's like Rob prayed, now is the day of salvation. Now is a time for the Spirit of God to go deep inside of us and to start unearthing things that we may have been holding on to, idols in our life that we've been holding on to, uh, affections that we've been holding on to, uh, attention getters that we've been holding on to. It's time for the Spirit of God to go deep inside of us and start ripping those things out so that we can actually walk out the transformation that He has for us to walk out. I want to be transformed and I want you to be transformed. And I want when this whole season ends, I want the church to start standing up glorious. I've thought about a lot of the things that we routinely do in our faith. One of the things that has really, uh, that the Lord has really impressed upon me is our Devotion to the Sunday morning service. The scriptures are clear that we are not to forsake uh, the gathering of the saints. And Sundays are so ingrained in our culture as the time where we come together. But what happens when all of a sudden Sundays are ripped away from us? Our time where we can come together gets ripped away from us. Because that's in essence what has happened. And yes, we are afforded the luxury of having technology where y'all can sit there and listen to me talk. Where we can sit there and have Rob Ray lead us in worship and we can praise God in our homes. And these are good things and these are things that we have to do. But what is God trying to unearth? What new thing is he trying to unearth by the fact that our customary ways of worshiping him as a collective family have now been taken away? Well, and some of you have already uh, commented on this and are already there, but perhaps it's our households where we learn to worship him in our households and not just rely on the, the larger body of Christ on Sunday mornings to supply the worship needs for our families. Maybe we aren't supposed to, maybe we're not supposed to rely on one or two or three men to uh, sustain our spiritual walk. But God is actually saying, okay, I've taken away your crutch, my crutch. Now it's time for you to learn how to lean into me. I read an interesting article. It was in Christianity Today, and they were interviewing some of the pastors and churches that uh, in Italy and Spain as they were going through a lot of these, these uh, this uh, coronavirus struggle. And one of the things that they emphasized was, Yes, we've got the technology, but what happens if technology goes down? Is your church prepared? Are the people of your church prepared to grow spiritually with the Lord if their usual avenue has been taken away? And guys, that, that challenges me. That challenges me deeply, especially as somebody who, who has a responsibility of leadership over a group of people, is are you prepared? Have you been prepared to press into the Lord when your normal leadership is gone? My hope is yes. But it's a question I have to ask myself. Am I prepared? Am I prepared? If my usual crutches 
are taken from me. And it's been a real gut check for me. And I hope it's a gut check for you. I hope it's something that you can really seek the Lord on and say, Lord, where am I with you? Am I growing with you or am I still relying on someone else to guide me? Because guys, the, the scriptures are clear that there are shepherds appointed over people. There are shepherds over the flock. There's pastors and there's teachers. There's apostles and prophets and evangelists, all for the uh, raising up of the saints. But at some point, we, every one of us, has to grow up beyond the point of relying on someone else to guide us into the throne room of heaven, of someone else to guide us into the deeper things of Scripture. At some point, we have to turn to the Lord ourselves and embrace Him. And that's, that's, that's between you and the Lord. I'm not at all uh, thinking of anyone or, or, or have a, a judgment on that. But I believe that's part of what this season is about. Is where am I with you, Lord? Am I hearing you clearly? Am I growing in boldness and courage for your namesake? Am I willing to take on some of the responsibilities that you have put in deep inside of my heart? Things that I would have normally pushed off to let someone else take on. My hope is that when this thing passes, we step into a new place where eyes are open and ears are open. And we get to collectively come together and say, you won't believe this, but the Lord spoke that I'm supposed to go on this mission trip, that I'm supposed to start ministering to the people, the broken of Nicholasville, that I'm supposed to be uh, spending my time in prayer. And y- y'all, I mean, just even my examples, uh, for me, my examples underscore a lack of creative knowledge from the throne room of heaven. And my my desire is that as we press in individually and within our families, within the spheres that we still have access to, as we press in, God speaks to you so that we don't all come back just trying to hit the three little normal ways that you can serve God's body. But instead, we've come back and there's 10 or 15 different uh, things that the Lord has birthed in people's spirits to say, this is who I am and this is what I'm called to do. The Lord spoke it to me. I'm ready to go. We need to be pressing into Him right now. And that's it's it's that's that's what's on my heart. It's part of where we are right now is we have to see him. We have to begin to know him in a deeper way, in a more intimate way, and in a more real way. I when I think of God, I don't think of one who shakes the mountains. I don't think of one who necessarily, uh, I think of a consuming fire of, yes, in the spiritual sense, come and consume me with your Holy Spirit's fire. But what about in other places in Scripture where it says God ushers forth and devouring fire goes out from him? Can we even imagine a God who would put a pillar of fire in the middle of the wilderness? His might And his majesty and his power is so beyond what we can comprehend that I think we just check out and say, I'm more comfortable with the man Jesus that I understand. But if you read in Revelation, even the man Jesus starts taking on uh, features and attributes that we can't even comprehend. Hair that's like, uh, that's as white as cotton. Eyes like blazing fire. There's so much like in that description that it just, it, it, it's like the, the writer is like, I don't know how to exactly capture what I'm witnessing here. But every one of us, I would guess, if I said the name Jesus to you, you can immediately describe who he is and what he looks like. 
Our identification of God is so much smaller than who He truly is. My challenge to us in this time is for us to press in and say, God, show me who you are. Reveal to me the true character of who you are, the true nature of who you are, that I may know you really, that I may know your heart and your mind, and that my steps may then be ordered by you. That you may set me on a new path. That this time won't just be a pause button on what was comfortable and normal. But it will be a pivot to the new day that you're bringing. I have such a hunger to see the church rise up and shine. And so if the beginning of this kind of came off as a little hard, uh, that's where I am. Is I believe the church has such a larger role in this society, in this culture, and in this world. And we're not living into it. Now, if you've been at Dwelling, again, one of the things we've been specifically waiting on is the Spirit to come in power, to empower us and to give a direction into what, where we're supposed to go and to how we're supposed to be. And I embrace that and I rest in that place. But let me caution you, again, we're not pushing pause until we can come back together for so that we're waiting on the Spirit to come at a later date. I encourage you right now, say, come right now in your power. What an awesome testimony it would be if it was, if it started going around not only the churches, but the communities of, there's this random group of 40 or 50 people who all of a sudden just caught the fire of the Holy Spirit. They weren't together. They were all just in their homes. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came in power upon those different homes. And from that, they began to start walking out the things that God's called them to walk out. And they started walking out in power. They started walking out in love. They started walking out, shining His light to all those that they ran into, bringing healing to those who were hurting, to those who were wounded, to those who were sick preaching the good news to the lost and to the destitute and to the broken and defending those who have constantly been pushed down, who have been lost to society through means of oppression and addiction? What if that began to mark dwelling ministries, even when dwelling ministries wasn't able to come together as a physical body? It, it can happen. And it's, I believe it's God's heart that he is, he is planting something within us right now. And he's saying, be my people, receive my spirit, receive my word and embrace me right now and allow me to do the work in you that is on my heart to do for you, to start pruning you, to start stripping you of things that you have made into your identity that do not bear my marks. Will you embrace who I am? Guys, we've got to. That's the, that's the day we're in. That's the stage we're in. First Peter says it's God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. Because guys, I believe that when God really releases his spirit upon us, and, and again, I think that's where we are is saying, come Lord Jesus and bring your spirit to me. So that when he does, others are going to look and say, this is foolishness. But we're going to live in such an honorable way, as Scripture says, that it's going to shut the mouths of, the, of our accusers. That all those who wanted to ridicule God's people, their mouths will be shut because of the Spirit of God that's within us that is leading us to live into His character and His nature. One that is unassailable by a culture around us. Sure, people are going to throw their stones. Sure, people are going to accuse. Sure, people are going to try to tear you down. It's the nature of the world we live in. But our lives are going to be unimpeachable when we're walking with Him. So guys, this is, this is really burdening uh, my heart that we... 
that we allow the Spirit to do His transformative work in us right now. I'll give you one more image that I felt like the Lord kind of showed me about this season. And it was really like we are, uh, and, and I hope we're mature enough, I'm barely mature enough to, for me to say this, but it's like we're in the birth canal. And our birthing is coming. But we can fight against that birthing. But God is is so desirous for us to be birthed into something new. Not new for novelty's sake, but new because we've been living a, a, a culturized Christianity. One that is more shaped and defined by the things around us than by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. My hunger, my yearning is to see liberation for the church. And we've got, we need the Spirit of God to do it. We need the liberation from the culture around us. On a, on a whole wide spectrum of issues and, and identity markers, we need liberation. And we are in a day of salvation. But the Bible's always clear. It's up to us to choose whether to embrace the life that comes with that salvation or not. Are you willing? Are you willing? To embrace the salvation that He has for you in a, in a dead season. In a season of darkness. In a season where depression can shoot up. In a season where isolation can shoot up. In a season where idle hands do the devil's deeds. Where we're turning back to old temptations and old ways that we had let go of because our time is not filled around us. Guys, there's a very real force that's going on in the physical realm, but there is a a very real war that's going on in the spiritual realm as well. So while God is, is proclaiming, now is the day of salvation. Come unto me. Let me do my work. Let me liberate you and deliver you into the man and the woman that you were made to be. There are very real forces of darkness that say, I'm ready to drag you down now. Don't you want to go back to the things that used to occupy your time, used to occupy your mind, used to occupy your flesh, used to occupy your eyes and your ears? I acknowledge those things are out there. There is that war that's going on and we should not be unaware. We cannot put our heads in the sand and pretend that these things aren't going on around us. We also owe it to each other to hold each other up, to check in on one another, to make sure we're not turning to the things that identified our sin walk, our worldly walk, before Jesus got a hold of us. Are we willing to be the graceful uh, vessels that God's called us to be that says, I love you enough to tell you that this will not be who you are. I will stand with you and walk with you in whatever you're struggling with. But it's also, I'm going to encourage you to keep rising into who God's made you to be. Guys, we're not made to be American Christians. We're made to be Christ-bearers. We're called to be ambassadors of a different kingdom. So how are we going to be ambassadors of a different kingdom if we continue to look like the kingdom of America? 
I'm not throwing off on America. I'm not throwing off on whatever nation you may be a part of. But I think our identity is rightly with the kingdom of heaven. And until we're really willing to embrace what that means, then I believe we are putting up our hands to the Spirit of God and saying, hold on, I'm not really ready for that just yet. So my unction and my urging and my desire for you is that your hands come down and open up and say, I only want to wear your colors, Lord Jesus. I only want to follow your laws, Lord Jesus. I only want to be characterized by you, Lord Jesus. I only want to walk where you lead me to walk and say the things that you have me to say and act in the ways that you would have me to act. I want to be like you. I want to be a good ambassador for the kingdom of heaven. So this time to me is, is it's, it's a mixed bag because on the surface it is just we are consumed by the chaos and the devastation around us. And yet in my spirit, there is something that is crying out in response to what the Lord is doing. That's just saying, I praise you, O mighty one. I praise you in the midst of all this external sickness, fear, and panic. I praise you. And I praise you knowing that you are doing a work in me. I praise you knowing that you are doing a work in my family. I praise you knowing that you are doing a work in your church. So I return to Hebrews. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. Because he is speaking. Are you listening? He is speaking to you. Are you listening? He is speaking to you, O church. Are you listening? Because I believe our cry is, our cry needs to be, yes, I'm listening. Come do in me what you will, O Jesus. I receive your work. I receive your direction. I receive the revelation of who you are. And I want to walk where you lead me to walk. I say this again and not with condemnation, but what a shame if we get to the other side of this and we are not changed. I do sincerely believe we will have missed a work that the Lord was trying to do in us. And I don't want us to conjure up some change that we can make just so we can say, oh, I've changed. I've done this. I've done that. I, I, I've been almost offended by the need uh, that, that, that we have to just do something. Do something. Because it's our human nature. It's our fleshly nature in the midst of chaos and, and, and trouble. We have to just do something to maintain a semblance of control. So if I can run to the grocery store and get as much toilet paper as I can, at least I can control what my bathroom is stopped. If I can start setting up meetings here and there, if I can uh, make sure we're covering all these different things, at least if I just do something, I can say I did it. Guys, obedience is so key, especially in this time, or else we're going to end up just as busy with the things of the world. They're just different things now than we were before this even happened. And we will have missed what the Lord was trying to do and what he was trying to say during this time. I don't want to miss him. And I don't want you to miss him. I mean that selfishly because you guys are a part of me and I'm a part of you. So if you miss him, then I'm missing out on the great gifts that he has for you and for me and for the church as a whole. But I'm also saying it unselfishly because my heart is to see you rise up and embrace the identity that he has for you. One that is full of his light. One that speaks forth in power his love. 
one that is delivering his word to a a lost world that's asking questions and looking for answers more so than ever before right now. And when this thing is over, I believe there's going to be even more questions about where was the church and where was God in all this. And it's you that's going to answer. It's me that's going to answer. And so as we, I just, I'm going to wrap it up right now, but one of the, uh, it's on my heart for you to not let these days pass by you. But that instead, you recognizing like blind Bartimaeus, hey, I've got an ailment. And the Son of God's walking by. You better believe I'm going to cry out with all the fervor and unction and passion and desire that I can to get the attention of the Son of God who's just actually already looking at me and is just waiting for me to cry out to Him. You better believe I'm going to put everything I have into saying, Son of God, don't pass me by. I need some healing for my ailments. I need touch from you. We need liberation from you. Won't you help us now? Won't you come to our rescue? So do not let these days that have been given to you and granted to you pass you by. Even those who are in this the, the high speed uh, uh, pace of, of having to deal with health care right now. And the other essential services, don't let him pass you by in this time. I'm calling out Liz Lyons right now who said, I'm not going to let him pass me by. I'm going to proclaim the name of Jesus in my hospital. You better believe the people will know that there's a God in heaven who knows them and loves them. Throughout this thing and on the other side of it, the questions are going to be, where was God? Where was his church? And where is he now? And my prayer, dwelling ministries, is that you will stand up and say, I can answer that. Let my life speak. Hear the words of my mouth as I give testimony to the great work that he's done, to the love that he had for everyone who was suffering, for the peace and the comfort that he brings to those who are wrestling against forces of of darkness that plague the earth. It's on us to embrace him now, to be ready for tomorrow. So that's my challenge to you, is, is to take the time to sensitize your heart and your mind, to let Him speak to you. To let Him speak to you through other people, to let Him speak to you through His Word, to let Him speak to you by His Spirit, to let Him speak to you even in the uh, unknown ways, in nature, in signs. Sensitize your heart and say, Lord, I just want to be obedient to you. I want to know you and I want to see you and I want to press into you and I just want to receive what you have for me so that I can be who you've called me to be. That's my challenge for you guys. I miss you guys. I miss seeing y'all. It's so joyful when I get to run across people in random places. I got to run into Madeline and Aaron the other day, just passing through my parking lot. And it was such an excitement for me just to see them. So guys, I miss you. I miss being with y'all. But I feel a burden, even in this time, to encourage you. This is not the end. This is not even a pause. This is a time of metamorphosis, of transformation, of birthing. 
Will you embrace him right now? Will you recognize, even dare to recognize the might and majesty and power of the one who could shake the mountains? The one who created it all. I pray that you will. I'm going to close by reading Psalm 67. May God be merciful and bless us. May his face smile with favor on us. May your ways be known throughout the earth, your saving power among people everywhere. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Let the whole world sing for joy because you govern the nations with justice and guide the people of the whole world. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then the earth will yield its harvests and God, our God, will richly bless us. Yes, God will bless us and people all over the world will fear him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what your spirit's doing right now. And I pray for me. I pray for my household. I pray for dwelling ministries and everyone connected to it and everyone who gets to hear this message this morning. I pray that we will say yes to your spirit. That we will receive what you're doing right now. And that we will uh, be dwelling places of your spirit through all parts of society. I pray that you will teach us how to fear you in reverence and awe, recognizing who you are in all your might and majesty. And I pray that we will have hearts of obedience that are willing to go where you call us to go, to speak the things you're calling us to speak, to act the way that you're telling us to act. I pray for a release of creativity and ingenuity and new ideas and fresh expressions of who you are, all grounded in your word and solidified by your spirit and attested to by the people of faith around us. But I pray for newness. I pray that we will not be stuck in the social constructs that we have grown up in, that have so limited who you are and what you want to do to the culture that surrounds us. But I pray that we will be a people who are shed of all those extra trappings and that we will be a people who are pure in you. So Father, I pray for us that we will be your people, that you will do your work and that you will complete the work that you started. Deliver us and liberate us to be people of the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. Hope y'all have a good day.